0: And welcome to Nerdstalker. I am Adolfo Ferranda, at Nerdstalker on Twitter, at Aferranda on Twitter. I never checked that one. And with my co-host and buddy,
1: Greg Laurier, aka Social Greg, on Twitter uh, for Nerdstalker. You know what, what motivated me to kind of talk to you today about this was I got an email from SCORE, which is kind of an organization that supports small businesses and mentors people. And uh, they came out with this infographic that had like uh, online co- collaboration tools for small businesses and you know some of the stats that like kind of came through and we'll talk about this because i want to want to get your take on it and we're i guess we're gonna give our take on uh, what are the tools that we like for collaboration they said that small business owners some of the popular tools are like file sharing that makes sense uh, instant messaging audio conferencing web conferencing video conferencing video chat and stream based messaging which um the last four last four or five i tend to lump in one category but Let's talk about some of those things you like for maybe file sharing. Let's start with that.
0: Let's start with one that that we all know quite well, and that is uh, Slack, right? So this is probably the darling of businesses right now, especially within the startup community and everything. So Greg, tell me how you're leveraging Slack and uh, how you've seen it leveraged and and how you hear people are leveraging it. If you go
1: to most of the, the, I would call uh, collaboration tools like Slack, Twist, Slack, um, we used it Uh, I've used it on two or three startups. It's great for really, I would call, messaging that's important. Of course, you could just send a a, a text message, but it doesn't really bin it into any category or save it or save a conversation. With with Slack and a lot lot of the other tools, it allows you to actually uh, put a thread together that you could keep a thought or ideas of collaboration in one area. You could even share um, files on uh, Google Drive, Uh, in slack as well or you link to them Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: I I found um, that that's been a very uh, convenient mode of collaborating for us Um, you know what
0: about you slack is really interesting because I'm just what's so weird about it to me is that it's such a almost trivial technology in a way, from a developer standpoint. We've seen this back with Google Wave. I would argue that Google Wave was actually even more robust and, and kind of feature-rich and stuff than Slack. But Slack somehow really caught on and seemed to resonate with the uh, with the community at whole. As we see here, I just want to get into pricing real quick. As of this recording, here's their pages. There's a free version, which is quite limited uh, in terms of feature. And then there's a standard version with this roughly six almost seven bucks a month. And then a plus something called the plus version, which is 12 bucks a month, something like that for businesses that need SSO, compliance exports, and guaranteed uptime on a single Slack team. But yeah, as you said, it's for whatever reason, it's caught on great UI, UX. It's fun. It seems like it's got a fun sort of irreverent UI to it as well. And I think people gravitate towards that. It's definitely found a, a really important area where emails should not be treading, in my opinion. For that, I'm very thankful for this type of a business solution.
1: What I found kind of interesting is the uh, ability to do direct messaging or thread everything, right? Which all the tools really have. Like you said, I think I haven't used it because I stuck to all the free versions, uh, Mm -hmm. to be completely honest. I don't know how I would utilize the other options in the mode I'm working on. You know, I'm more marketing. Uh, we're not sharing a lot of development files. And, and if we're sharing files, it's all mock-ups or right. conceptual, which is very easy to share uh, through you know PNG, JPEG files, or Google. Uh, PDF files. So I don't have a need to really go any deeper than that when I'm collaborating. But how how do you use it in your development environment? Or how would you use a tool like this in your development
0: environment? What I've seen the benefit of mainly of paying for it, oddly enough, is that you get a longer history. Right, So if you have a direct message with someone, you're limited to X amount of time, which isn't very long. And if you have a group, that space that they give you, Allocate for the free version, uh, goes pretty quickly. So again, there's a ton of people that are using Slack-free. They are, you know, there are, like yourself, Greg, and, and others. But for some companies, it's important to have that type of uh, history for whatever reasons, auditing reasons, or whatever, you, if you may. And then also another thing we should mention too is it has a very elegant integration with a lot. I mean, they've since they were so early to market and got such widespread adoption so early. Um, I brought up on the screen here, you see all of these uh, developers that have all kinds of bots and analytics and all kinds of different type of uh, technology that that leverage that interplays with it via API, you know, as well. So whatever cloud services it it tends to play with everyone really it's kind of almost like the microsoft office of this space right now in that it's like been adopted by everyone right now but but there are a ton of uh, competitors to this space right now which are doing it for uh, you know even less of a cost than what, what they provide but then you got to remember that not only within teams and within a companies but i'm see i'm starting to see some companies leverage slack with other companies and other there's a couple services I use and they're they're offering Slack channels for their customers, you know, for support or just like announcing features and things like that in various channels. So I've subscribed to their channels to do that kind of thing as well. So it's become this sort of also a marketing type of uh, vertical as well or channel as well, I should say, and a support channel, which is very interesting.
1: Yeah, that's That's fascinating that you brought up cross collaboration between companies because that's happening more and more obviously i mean or it's always happened in a way and 37 signals was the first one i could see that i've used in a a collaboration environment that had cross collaboration tools where you could actually invite someone from outside your group, right, share files, um, you know, right. like a client and then, you know, discuss it online. So, yeah,
0: especially via a cloud solution, via a SaaS solution. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. The thirty seven signals ones was the first one that I saw that I've used personally that I saw, oh, you kind of the, the future was unwinding. And then what what Slack kind of brought to the I feel was the mobile solution. And uh, the 37signals really never embraced that very well uh, with their solution. And it was always kind of desktop web-based, right? Slack, in my opinion, was that they, they made it to mobile first. And That being so said,
0: Basecamp, it. everyone is still around. A lot of people are using it. Absolutely. Um, it tends to be a different type of thing, more of a project management tool more so than, than what sort of Slack is. But let's talk about its purpose, sort of, or its place in lieu of why you use Slack versus email.
1: Well, obviously, threading is one I can think of, Adolfo, right? Uh, mm. Ability to group a thread together where, you know, the Google Mail does a great job of it.
0: Of threading, uh, yeah, I was about to say that. Uh-huh. Right. It has
1: done a better job in recent years as after they redesigned um, sure. the user interface. Sure. But, but uh, it's not
0: siloed is no. a thing in these channels. No. So, no. I mean, you, you get a mix of these different threads together.
1: What I've noticed, I don't know, I would like to hear your opinion on this, but I noticed in these new collaboration tools, especially, it's almost like a gun in a baby's hand. I still haven't found, there has to be still a process around it where the people put the right things in the right thread. I don't know how to solve that.
0: (laughs) True, true. It seems like it needs to be one of those things too. Like I think email is one of those things where someone has to read it. Like If I'm sending you an email, I really need you to read it. Um, as opposed to if it's Slack, that may or may not be the case. Uh, oftentimes you get these email replies if you do a group email, for instance, and it's to one person, you're CCing a bunch of people, and then suddenly you get a reply all, thanks. That's where something like it would be better in, suited in Slack, I think something like that, because then it doesn't impose on me, fill up my inbox, something that is a critical tool for for business and work and for my daily productivity.
1: still think e- email is very relevant no essential i'm not sure exactly you, you brought up a very good point earlier about uh cross-collaboration between other companies email right. was i think that glue right right where people from outside your organization could reach you without too much hassle it's common and everyone has it to bring someone into this more closed environment mm-hmm. is an interesting debate
0: yeah it's really cool too how the essential tools seem to stick or the essential technologies uh, like you said like email right we can skin the UI of email a million different ways over the years and now we're at what what is Google basically Gmail now right versus like the early days of whatever email was and uh, but it's still email in the end right and we're still using it in the ways to help us get through our day and be productive whereas something like a slack is uh, that type of technology and it's it's sort of infancy right now in serious business right now. And I'm interested to see now what is progression ha- will be. We've seen things with obviously integration with other cloud hosting type of services and, and, and other types of uh, applications and stuff and how it's becoming sort of this, uh, this I don't know if a platform is really the right right thing to say, but it's definitely an essential sort of spot, a hub, a stopping point, a lily pad in the cloud, if you will, uh, to get your work done. So let's yeah. talk about this other thing that, that I know nothing about that I would love to talk to you about. It's called Hightail. I do a lot of video work,
1: you know, for our channel and other channels, right? And the files are very huge. And we're talking gigabyte. And the solution from Google Drive doesn't work because you're limited to what, 30 gigabytes? Um, sometimes I'll shoot something that is easily 60 gigabytes, <laughs> and no, no kidding. And e- you know, even if we compress it down to, um, and this is a MOV file, right? If if you go to MP4, then it's definitely comp- more compressed, right? I got turned on to Hightail because we were interacting with NBC 11 Bay Area, and they wanted some footage from our festival for the news, and the only way to get it to them without getting to their I would call firewalled server that's deep down, you know, that you had to almost FTP it almost, they decided to adopt Hytale. And that's hmm. how I got onto that. And what Hytale allows you to do is create uh, different collaboration spaces for video. So it's a really, I call a video wow. uh, collaboration tool, more or less than a uh direct collaboration tool and what you could do actually what i found what's very cool is that once i upload the video people could comment on different times within the video to say hey i like this segment i don't like this segment so it became a great video collaboration tool and i've used it a couple ways that way and um you know pretty successful uh i haven't seen anything like that um you know people talk about lightroom for images right to kind of use metadata to kind of sort things and to find things but in terms of collaboration um, you know Hightail is kind of my go to for video and so i yeah. pay i think $100 for the standard one and that yeah. gives me pretty much unlimited space and unlimited
0: money. projects three team members yeah for that yeah. yeah unlimited storage and file sharing yeah that's excellent because as we both know i mean video files they are massive no, I said files,
1: Rel- relatively right compared to the compressed PDFs and you know uh, audio files, right?
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Um,
1: Hightail is my go-to. Uh, there, there's other ones I've seen.
0: Um, yeah, there's a few of these for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: but uh, definitely, I recommend. Uh, Social Greg recommends Hightail. What, what, what else, guy?
0: What do you? Uh,
1: well, I guess uh, besides, um, you know, we we're talking about collaboration, but what about file sharing for you, Adolfo? Uh, what What has been your go-to?
0: One of them, let's talk about it, is Unity, right? A lot of people don't know about this, but um, mm. it's it's been around for quite some time. So what's really cool about Unity is that you install it on your phone, your computer at home, or what have you. And this one really is, I should say, is file sharing within your own sort of little mini cloud, if you will. This is really helpful for things like maybe I have a movie on my server at home, on my computer, and it's kind of an old-school thinking approach, sort of, and I want to stream it and watch it on my phone. Uh, Unity allows you to do that for free, effectively, right? They do have a premium option now, but that's what it does. So you you download it onto your various devices, your computer, the app on your iPad or your iPhone, and you have a personal cloud. It's it's really fantastic, and it's not only for, like, playing and streaming services, it's also files as well. Uh, as you see here, they, they focus on video, music, and photos. So here's uh, the example of where, like the phone option where you can look through your collection of uh, movies or photos. And what's really cool about it, it's your collection on whatever device you can share them all. So if you have photos on your phone, uh, conversely, I can look at them on my computer or my iPad, right? And if I have videos on my iPad, conversely, I can watch them on my, stream them on my phone or my computer, even though it's on my iPad, So it's a a really remarkable service. And not only that, what's so cool about it, five bucks a month, if you're doing this kind of unlimited type of thing, the quality is really fast and really good. And that's always a concern. Right mm-hmm. for this type of thing, when especially when you're streaming movies, that's a really neat thing to have if you're looking at your family photos or if you have a, you've downloaded a legal movie or something like that. How did you come across this? This is pretty interesting. This was right? years ago. I think I discovered them, maybe. And I shouldn't say discovered them, I think I saw them at a SF New Tech possibly oh my way God. back when. And it used to be totally free, free for years. They were actually acquired, I think, by some larger company. So I had I got to use this for free for years, and it works remarkably well and i'm always shocked how under the radar they were because it works just so darn well so check it out if you want like a personal cloud basically uh unity is uh really really good and uh another one that we can talk about which is really quite good that everyone knows or maybe not is backblaze which mm. is traditionally known for having like a backup s- a solution which i use in i think a majority of, of well, a lot of people use on the consumer level as well as the enterprise level, but especially at consumer level. It works fantastic, by the way. Well, they rolled out something which is sort of a competitor to AWS, Amazon Web Services, an online cloud storage option. And it's even cheaper than Amazon, which is remarkable. Whoa. And it's called B2. So Gleb Budman, another friend of SF New Tech, we met years and years ago, has started this remarkable company, Backblaze, and they rolled out this awesome service called B2. Cloud storage, and when you sign up, I'm am a Backblaze customer, so I got grandfathered into this B2 solution, which is amazing. Pricing here is 0. 0.005 what? cents per month, what? and to download, it's two cents per gigabyte, which is what? massive, right? So it's a remarkable. It's it's really a no-brainer. If you're doing any type of like cloud storage, you want to be using B2. This is really helpful. If you want to do like huge amounts of, of like video or whatever, complete backup or storage you want to do in the cloud, uh, B2 is is the way to go. But that being said, you gotta be aware that right now it's it's so early days, that the front end is very rough, right? So it's really primarily geared at this point towards the developer and maybe app developer who needs to host those type of things onto their service, and they can do it via the terminal or via some quasi-complicated front end. They seem to get be getting better and better by the day because I think they have a sense that the consumer is going to want this, and they'll be able to scale out this whole thing pretty soon. So I use this, and you can also share now too, but it's, it's super technical. It's super feature-rich. So as you can see, it, it's a bit geeky at this point to use it, but for the price, it, and, and if you don't mind getting your hands dirty, it's a must.
1: Let's go back to the darling that we met at another one that we met at SF New Tech, Evernote.
0: Evernote's a must for me. Uh, it's mm. my go-to. I had tons of that. I know people were freaking out about it, um, going raising their prices or changing their well, actually, they had a free model that a lot of people were using, and then they started charging, and uh, people got upset about that because they started limiting the free version down more. Um, that may have been a mistake from a PR perspective, but it's a business that has to be a business. A functioning <laughs> you have business. to pay for this, right? <laughs> um, but there's a ton of like really good competitors out there. I know there's um, one OneNote. People are using that. Yep. Yep, Google yep. Keep, uh, there's Bear now, which is quite popular as well. But uh, a lot of people are falling back to uh, Evernote, especially people that have used it because it is so feature-rich, so powerful. The search capability is amazing. The OCR capability is fantastic automatically. The photo and document capturing scanning ability is incredible, especially with this integration with, a t- with everything, really. Every application tends to integrate with Evernote in one way or another. And if not, Evernote provides a link you know, to, to whatever if you want to a particular service or a person if you want to share a file of, of whatever type of file type that you so wish. So it is, it is such a Swiss army knife of the web. It's an absolute must, in my opinion, for everyone. That's, I mean, that's one of the first things that I install. I'll install like a Dashlane, which is a password you know, provider uh, service type of thing, something like 1Password or whatever you, password of choice. And then Evernote. Evernote's my sort of uh, Cloud Storage note-taking application du jour. It's like my repository, my resource, my dumping ground ideas I place into there, a journal in it. I have a whole folder from my kid's art. Right from her years of growing up. So, those goofy little drawings that she's done when she was a little kid to like where she is now years later to see that transition. Show notes, our show notes I keep in there as we're doing them. I could go on and on with with that scanning. As I said, I use a whatever Scanner Plus or Scannable on my phone, and then it goes directly into Evernote because it has a direct integration. Yeah, for keeping track of
1: receipts, that's a great thing, actually. Yeah,
0: receipts, uh, parking. You know, parking stubs when I park my car or location of where I parked my car. I mean, mm-hmm. I could go on and on. And in conjunction with something like my productivity tool of choice, Todoist, it's, uh, it's a no-brainer because then I can have my resource link in Todoist go directly to Evernote, and then I have all the resources I need for a particular task or project. Now,
1: the main one that I use, and going back to this file sharing thing, which is, you know, the, I think the greatest that people have used, according to that infographic, is yeah. Google Drive. I think what makes Google Drive for me usable is the dumb, what I call Microsoft a uh, Word spreadsheet and forms that they integrated into their service. So it makes file creation and file sharing very easy. Google yeah.
0: Drive is a very, I tried Evernote with my family, particularly my wife. And it just, it didn't really work. You know, it kept uh, for her, uh, the links that I would I would think I'm sharing a note and then it, it would require opening up in an application. Sometimes it wouldn't. Sometimes it require a password, that kind of thing. So there was a little bit of friction in terms of the user experience. It's yeah. a lot better now. But Google Drive right, right out of the gate has been so elegant. It's so user-friendly because it's just like Explorer folder structure on your computer. It's very, there's no sort of cerebral hurdle in terms of a paradigm, right? There's folders, there's things in the folder. And then sharing it to it is super easy, especially if you have a Google account. And the collaboration with, again, pulling in the technology from Google Wave, right? The Google Doc real-time Editing collaboration technology that they did get from Google Wave is is fantastic as well. And it works just like Word where you can see all the track changes and, and the whole deal. And notes, incredibly powerful. Drive itself is, is really slick, um, but there's a cost to it too as well. So who wants to pay for all these different subscriptions? So I, uh, with Drive, only use the free version. And I, I tend to put as much as I can to Evernote, since I'm paying for Evernote, happily.
1: What about you? Well, Google Drive definitely is my go-to file collaboration tool, I would say, in terms of uh, non-video files, Mm -hmm. Uh, doc files, spreadsheets, the forms, they make it easy, uh, Mm -hmm. though the forms are still limited. Don't get me wrong all the ms office like features are very limited still right although mm-hmm. they've added a lot they're still limited mm-hmm. so if you're just doing some basic stuff like probably most people out there yeah, yeah. they're it's perfectly fine I, and i think recently not recently but you know within the last few years they really made it easy integration with e- their email of course and so hitting the yeah. uh, google drive button in your email to save it or download directly is yeah. so easy. It is my go-to for non-video files and um, and collaboration and sharing. One thing I do like, because it's cloud-based, is the ability to go to different revs. Um, you know, how many times that you blew up something that like, oh, and you had to go back to a different web. Well, at least I do.
0: And it is super ubiquitous. I think most of these hosting services are very ubiquitous in that they have an app for every type of device. They work on every OS, if not the, you know, obviously the cloud itself being a web, you know, web page functionality. So there's no real limitation there for any of them, really.
1: Let's move to another file collaboration tool since we're on this one. We're beating this to death, which is probably, probably should be the final one,
0: Dropbox. <laughs> Dropbox, yeah. I mean, that's the granddaddy, right? Oh, I mean, absolutely. And I think it's because they were so early out of the gate to get it right, it seemed like, or as close to right at that time as possible, that a lot of, especially businesses, sort of gravitated towards it. And they, they gained a lot of ground there. Early on, it, it still was rather a bit complicated as well. A lot of the sharing features were kind of hidden. People weren't sure why is it syncing on all of my devices, uh, taking up all this space for everything that we're collaborating on. And even now, even uh, having to sort of manage the sharing on each particular device for whatever folder is uh, a bit cumbersome as well. Your thoughts on Dropbox, Greg?
1: I'm still amazed how many people still say, hey, I'm going to Dropbox this thing to you. And I'll admit, I'm still one of those people because they hooked me early. I'm still paying for the freaking thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I see you as a power user of this, not not me so much. I never really <laughs> deeply got into it like you did. I'm practical like
1: you, Adolfo, is that if I'm paying for something, I'm going to darn well use it. Yeah, right? yeah, right. I've been trying to figure out, and now that you've mentioned Backblaze to me, I think now I have another path to take some of these archival files and move them off. Mm. And that, that will probably kill it for, for Dropbox for me. I don't need it at that point um, Mm. since I've been using a Hightail and, uh, Mm. and Google drive. So Mm. that's kind of my thoughts on it. It was great when it came out because it was just so kind of easy to use. And it was kind Mm. of the first cloud-based file sharing system that, was usable. Yeah. Like you said, I'm, I'm surprised at how many people still say, hey, I'm going to Dropbox. I said, no, uh, so. we'll, let's talk about something that is near and dear to our heart, like, vi- audio, web, and video conferencing.
0: <laughs> right. So, I mean, you got to talk about the the gorilla in the room, right? So Google Hangouts, right, for us especially. It's such good integration with YouTube for the, uh, the general podcaster that I'm amazed not everyone is using. A great deal of people are using it, but I still, from time to time, hear people saying, I'm going to Skype you, I'm going to Skype you, I'm going to Skype you. And I think that feels like one of those sort of just traditional things that people like a uh, Word or Office, like we've been mentioning today, something that no one really particularly loves, but everyone's been using it for so long and they've gained such traction and adoption for all these years that people just use it because they know it, right? And they're comfortable with it. But Hangouts, we've seen all these different iterations of it. It's fairly easy to use, although YouTube seems to be changing the interface on us every now and then, and uh, its integration with YouTube is sort of no-brainer for us. Your thoughts on on Hangouts? Hangouts I thought it was great. I, I remember
1: that we interviewed um what was it Guy Guy, Yama, <laughs> Guy Yamasaki, right? And Guy Kawasaki like like mm-hmm. Guy Kamasaki, sorry, sorry, Guy Kamasaki, and he was a big Google Plus fan, right? And in fact you know, he wrote a whole book on that, which you know I've eventually died because he couldn't do anything with it. But right, right. what came out of that was really also Google Hangouts at the same time. What recently I like about Google Hangouts is again what you had said this this easy integration to YouTube, but also the integration into the calendar feature, where you could just set up a video conference in the actual invite, and then there's your link. It's it's basically Hangouts, and away you go. You could have a video conference with someone else, you know, yeah. miles away or whatever, or not right. in the same room. So that's been something that for team collaboration, I've used more of recently, but I think we'll get to another one that I wanted to share with you, which is a peer I am and and let's talk about
0: that real quick with hangouts greg is that um you mentioned team collaboration uh we see in this photo right here of the in the google hangouts um little page right there you see the people below it's literally that easy for people to join and that's what's cool it's not simply a one-on-one thing It's like you can have multiple people on on a google hangout which is a really neat type of feature where you can do almost like a webinar basically
1: yeah and i've done webinars where uh they had a nice feature where I've done a web a few webinars, um, and what you could do is set up chats on the side box, and so they could ask questions. So it's yeah. basically webinar Right. So When they switched over to YouTube Live, they killed a lot of these what I call open apps that mm. were integrated into um, Hangouts. If yeah, you notice? Yeah, um, they're slowly coming back. I notice, but. Right, right. In the, when that first switch over happened, they killed a lot of it, a actually. A lot of stuff,
0: yeah. I really missed my lower third, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> and um,
1: I think they're slowly figuring it out again because mm-hmm. now they're, they're reattaching a lot of these things. But there was also that kind of like blurred background feature we use a lot on our podcast. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, but what's and, amazing is how much does this cost, Greg? Totally free free right so yeah what are we complaining about (laughs) (laughs) you get all of yeah you get all of this easy to use thing you know and this is something that i'm surprised more businesses aren't leveraging as well i i think it's i think there's some learning curve there i think for a lot of these small businesses in order to get their sort of youtube pages together but man you record one of these and it's automatically boom on your page and then you have access to your customers they have access to all this knowledge or, or whatever that you're providing that you can provide via this type of technology
1: yeah, and I was so surprised when I looked at it, going back to that infographic where they kind of bend audio conferencing, web conferencing, and um, webinars kind of separately. And, and and I I don't I don't know how you feel, but I see that as ubiquitous, right? It's all the same to me, right? Right. It isn't right. It, it, I don't yeah, think yeah of a I tool agree. anymore yeah. as a, just an audio conferencing tool like Skype used to be, right? Right. And I don't think of Google as just a video conferencing tool like it used to be, right? It's all the same to me, right? It's how do I wanna communicate with someone and if I'll go to audio if I don't have enough bandwidth essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah, we can turn off the camera, yeah, and this, and then suddenly we have an audio conferencing tool.
1: I I don't think of them as separate anymore. What what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. This whole segmentation of those things are kind of weird to me. Besides uh, Hangouts, what other sort of technologies have you fiddled with? Well,
1: let's talk about that one I just mentioned that one of the startups I'm involved with is a peer IN. in, um, so we were using we were using Skype for the longest time uh, with my uh, one of my co-founders in Japan. And I don't know why, I just, you know, maybe cuz I have a, such a soft spot for Microsoft, I just keep on going back to it, but you know, it always disappoints me in the end. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's like that bad relationship that you think, oh, there's a lot of good in them, but they just disappoint you in the end, right? And then you just mm-hmm. have to dump it. So we finally dumped Skype because it was just connection issues just like in the past. Mike connection didn't change. So my why was my Google Hangout smooth where my Skype connection was choppy, right? Right, All that stuff. So my co-founder in Japan uh, introduced me to a peer IN. And what I liked about it, actually, it's a permanent link. It's almost kind of like a I would call a link to a consolidated hangout that you could use forever. And so if you just want, it's kind of like a permanent phone number. If you wanted to share this link with someone, you could just put it in the calendar. And if you need to talk to someone on a Sunday night, you don't have to schedule it like hangouts. You just click on that link and it's there forever. And as long as that other person is online, then you could connect, obviously, right? You can't talk to yourself. So from a collaboration tool, it's a great tool for webinars and what we're doing podcasting. I think Google Hangouts is still the best, but as far as just a connection, simple, not a lot of bells and whistles. Uh, A peer I was just amazing. He introduced me to, so it's one of my uh, low-end recommendations if it's one of my uh, new favorites.
0: So another thing that we should bring up too is like, you know, there's the other sort of standbys is that some people are using and actually some business and I know they are themselves. It's Facebook, right? So Facebook's using Facebook messaging within their company as well. I know Facebook video, Facebook phone calls. I know I've been getting prompted to do Facebook video calls from people. So it's actually being used quite extensively. Your thoughts on that, Greg?
1: Someone is a Facebook friend of mine and I'm in the company. Uh, What happens a lot, uh, I'm not, as technical as Adolfo is on, on the backend stuff. So what happens a lot in our company is that we're a remote facility, but the server's somewhere else type of thing, right? But we do have a rack in our building. It's a spaghetti nest. I don't know where anything is. I didn't set it up. So what I have to do is, uh, the IT guy and I are friends on Facebook. So we just do a Facebook video messenger and just kind of mm-hmm. like bring our bring our phones up and say okay is this the rack uh, wow. where's the wire coming out of there uh, mm. you know another one we use is FaceTime that's another one you could use if you have Apple mm-hmm. right but in terms of a generic product Facebook Messenger seems to be the one that I could use to kind of like you know rove around with my mobile troubleshoot something um, that's what I've used it
0: for Interesting, yeah. as well
1: as maybe some personal communication and that's kind of somewhat limited I think uh, like a real personal conversation like someone I know in Japan hey let's, let's get on the video let's talk Talk for a little bit. I'll use Facebook Messenger. Uh, Definitely, it is my what I would call text tool with friends that are pretty close to me. Though, what was always frustrating me, and they finally got rid of it, where they would say, Do you want to use um, Facebook Messenger as your go to text tool? And I never wanted that. I wanted kind of those worlds separated. It used to always frustrate me when they sent me a push notification. And, do you want to use it as your, uh, d- yeah, you know, your default yeah. text? tool? I was like, come on, guys. And you and I, we from time to time, we'll use the just standard text messaging, right, to do it yeah. there. Yeah. But but Facebook Messenger seems to be a good personal communications tool. How about you? Yeah. What, what do you use Facebook Messenger for?
0: Oh, man, same thing. Only for people who want to use it with me. Otherwise, I don't like to use it because there are just too many of this. Like I have one friend who uses Twitter messaging, uh, messaging, and she's the only one, man, but it's a good friend, a close friend, so I have to use it for her, right? Additionally, what I see are a lot of kids using, as you mentioned, uh, FaceTime, right? So they're using that a lot while they're, they're gaming and then... At the same time, they're FaceTiming each other, right? I see that a lot. Um, not so much for business. I don't see FaceTime being utilized a lot. So my messaging tool of, to- of choice is really messages built into to iOS. And I really think that's the primary killer app on iOS, really, because it's not yet available for other users on other platforms, Android or otherwise. To be on a group message in messages is sort of like you're you're missing out if you're not on that because I I tried that once when I was on my Android and it didn't show up correctly and I was all out of contact. Messages is important there on the professional side. Then at
1: Nerd Soccer we use Twist right yeah
0: yeah Twist as well. But um another really interesting sort of weird foray or p- perhaps a future look into messaging, the Echo Dot calling messaging service, you, uh, they had a clunky rollout where you could put out your phone number and email address into the device. The thing is you could type in any old phone number into the device so I could have put anyone's with my account and associated it and I did that. I accidentally put my mom's phone number into a device. Uh, I think I might have been one of the first people to discover this bug right when they rolled it out. And their support team was stumped. They had to roll me up to like some of the serious developers. They discover this and like the next day there was like all the the pr and news about the horrible rollout of this service i think they're working on it quickly obviously they're iterating this is something super new so effectively what you could do is say hey device echo leave a message for my mom and then say your message whatever i'm sort of paraphrasing here and then she when she gets home or she's near her device it'll be it'll tell her she has a message or be blinking a certain color and then she says for it to play and it'll hear my voicemail, right? So it's effectively a voicemail on this type of device. Additionally, now I think they're offering some sort of inter-room, sort of like intercom type of service as well. But here you go, you can do these calls. I guess you can do live calls as well.
1: Now I'll go back to the bug. I, I I wasn't quite sure what was the bug by putting your mom's phone number in there?
0: Okay, so I could you could put in any phone number. So you can put any other person's phone number as long as you have your username and account, right? So you could type anyone's phone number and then you own their phone number. But the problem with that is that you can't put your own phone number anymore because the device is already connected to a particular phone number. So that's the scenario that I'm in where I still need to get that fixed. So I have to unlock her device... From the phone number I put in, unlock my device so that I can get my phone number back in it. So it's this big sort of quagmire that they just didn't really think through, which was a a little bit surprising and not surprising on Amazon's part because they tend to roll out really rough things and iterate. That's a very sort of Silicon Valley type of approach. Voice is just such an interesting space. And it obviously has legs when you see the legs of Google and Apple scrambling to get in on this
1: Did they develop recently, I'm kind of getting off the topic of the Sonos killer, where you could actually have different music in the room if you have a a Echo or a dot or Echo or Yeah, so
0: you can now play in multiple rooms. Yeah, you can. But, you know, ironically, but their speaker has never been on par with the Sonos per se, right? Because Sonos is a speaker. But now Sonos is also, I think they've announced officially, if not unofficially, they are going to come out with a competitor to an Echo and HomePod and Google Home. Although, boy, do they have a mountain to climb. How are they going to compete against those three companies? So uh, well, Sonos has to get into this space, otherwise their their business model is not very forward-looking.
1: Any last thoughts on the auto web video conferencing? Yeah.
0: So there's one last one that I love, 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 and it's called Loom. And I think I've mentioned these guys before. They're at useloom.com, useloom.com. If all you need to do is sort of capture an application or you know a video of you using something or, or something within your browser or a video application on on your uh, device. Then Loom is just wonderful, and it's free. All you have to do is get one prefer per- one person to use it now, and you get full access to its full features. And oh what you can do is you just click via. Chrome or whatever your device is and it starts recording I think it only works with Chrome at this point it's a Chrome plugin and then it records whatever's on your thing it'll record video of you and your audio or you can mute yourself and whatever section you want to record you can or that and you can automatically share it you can download the video so you can upload to YouTube or not they host it as well they are rolling out a premium feature pretty soon which we don't know they have yet to sort of announce uh, what it is but it's it's remarkable I highly recommend it. The team is uh, very quick to iterate, super easy to use. It's a Google plugin. I can just start capturing a video and share it. Again, this is great in business. Like you can do video emails. They have integration with Gmail now so that you can do within your email. You just click it, boom, and then you just leave a basically a video email and then you can send it via Gmail to them and they just play it and there's no download since it's all streaming, you know and it works really elegantly. There's also integration into Trello with it. Um, oh. They're integrating with everyone. They have this really nice API, so everyone's sort of plugging into it as well, so they can plug into Slack as well with it too. Mm-hmm. If you want to leave your Slack messages via Loom, via a video, you can do that. So it's very, very robust. So I highly recommend uh, businesses, if they want to save some money, use it. It's very slick and quick. The scheduling, the one that I like, uh, which is the free version is fantastic, although they do have a, a premium model if you want to do some quite Labeling yeah, is Meeting Bird. They're pretty incredible. So check them out. So it's a Chrome extension. It integrates with Google, your Google Calendar, really great. So you got to be a Google user to use this if you're a small business that uses. I know a lot of small businesses now are going with, with the Google Office solution or whatever it is called now. Yeah and yeah. uh, for google calendar meeting scheduling has been a huge challenge for people and meeting bird does a wonderful time of allowing you to sort of block certain times for your person to choose from you can set it up customize it for you you can say what what works what doesn't work all kinds of things and it can send them all kinds of sort of follow up information these guys are talk about iterating quickly too meeting bird incredible they have integration with gmail so right within your gmail you can see your meeting bird or gmail calendar i mean google calendar as well and you can do all kinds of really neat things, like add different maps and time zones, and and all kinds of stuff. Very feature rich, very essential, I think, tool for any business uh, that needs to schedule meetings. Definitely check them out. It's free. The free version is remarkable. Meeting Bird. You integrate with
1: Google Calendar, which is really cool. I mean, yeah, it's really I, great. I mean, I like Google Calendar, but I agree with you. I think the the challenge was always making sure that your multiple. Profiles on Google were interlinked somehow, so that mm-hmm. different calendars for a different Gmail profile was always transferable. So yeah. you're not overscheduling something, right? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah.
0: And so that's I, the thing. Yeah, so it obviously leverages multiple calendars if you have that in uh, Google calendars. Greg said as well. Yeah, cool. Well, thank so you. Great solution. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for for voting us greatest podcast of the day. We really appreciate it. And uh, my name is Adolfo Ferranda at Nerdstalker on Twitter. You can get more information from us at Nerdstalker.com, Nerdstalker Nerdstalker TV on YouTube. Subscribe and watch these videos that I'm pointing to above. If you're listening, ignore that. And just give us the old uh, thumbs up or five stars in uh, iTunes or whatever your podcast uh, player of choice is. Check us out. We really appreciate you listening and watching. And Greg, where can we get more information about you?
1: Oh, man, you could reach me on Twitter at Social Greg. And you could also reach me at Social Greg at NerdSoccer.com. Feel free to reach out. It's like Adolfo said, if you like this video, press the like button. We always appreciate it. And if you like the whole channel, subscribe to it.
0: All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening and watching out there.